0: fantasize about being killed. Do you ever wonder about all the different ways of dying? You know, violently. I wonder, like, what would be the most horrible way to die? Well, hello, Mr. Fancy. The following program contains violence, disturbing imagery, nudity, and oh my god, why are you even watching this? Just run away. This shit is going to give you nightmares. For real. Nightmares where you are running naked on a treadmill made of razor blades, and your third grade teacher is pointing and laughing at you. Okay. I am not drunk, and I should be, no, uh, ho ho ho, and a fuck you two, Merry fucking Christmas, Um, you ever notice like us horror nerds, we can never just say like Merry Christmas and be nice about it, always gotta be jerks, but hey, it is what it is, welcome back everyone to the 35th episode of the Next Level Network production of What Lurks Behind Podcast Zero. And this opening segment, completely unscripted. I have nothing written down. And the reason I'm going to do it that way this week is because I honestly don't know what I want to talk about. No, I'm kidding. I do, actually. Uh, Um, Do I ever know what I'm talking about? No. Fuck no. Um, All right. So, uh, this is probably going to be the last episode of the you know, human kind of calendar kind of thing, you know, because humans always, we always have to organize everything, right? Like, by time, date, you know, how many times we scratched our nuts, shit like that. Um, But this is probably going to be the last episode of the year we call 2018, the year that supposedly everyone was offended, although I think people were offended well past, well, like, well before 2018. Like, seriously, like, one of the movies I'll be talking about uh, today because uh, I'm doing two movies. Hello! Merry Christmas! Um, uh, yeah, one of the movies I'm going to be talking about today actually was under a lot of fire way back in the day. And I think people forget that Like, people were easily offended even back like in the 80s and the 70s and the 60s, you know? So, I don't know. It's going to be an interesting episode this week because I'm going to talk about how people got butthurt over a killer Santa Claus. Like, seriously? Anyways, um... But before that, I, I just um I'm going to get sentimental on you now. No, I'm kidding. Uh <laughs> me do sentimental? Um okay, sometimes, but really honestly not for this podcast. I like being a shit talker. Uh but no. So, uh, first Christmas as part of the Next Level Network, and I probably should start there and just say, you know, um when I first started you know, being part of the network, it was something new for me because I've always been independent. I've always done shit myself. And all of a sudden it was like I was working with others and wasn't like, those of you that know me know that I don't play well with others. Um, I am a loner and I enjoy it that way. Um, It's something that I'm accustomed to. It's the way I've lived my life. So when all of a sudden I have to work with others, it sometimes can be difficult. And I was, I, I was a little nervous at first when I started, you know, with the Next Level Network and especially working with Ben. Ben is like the mighty leader of the Next Level Network. And I have to say he kicks ass. He's fucking amazing. Um, and I say that because he actually made it very easy for me to be part of a group and be part of a network. I mean, I've done some different things this year that i hadn't done before in podcasting like you know doing a crossover episode with other members of the network um i've jumped on other uh shows like i mean i'd done that before but like now as part of the network and you know and you know doing episodes of dc prime and you know and uh zombie ass with the guys yeah that was a fucking fun episode <laughs> um unfortunately uh l- learning curve i now know how to record better when recording others but you know uh, you learn whatever you live and learn and then you fucking die whatever <laughs> um so morbid for a christmas episode um but yeah so you know i i, I just want to last episode of the year i should do it and you know and it's from actually the bottom of my black and deadish heart but um To the Next Level Network, to all the different podcasters, to Ben, who does an awesome job of, you know, running the ship, basically. Uh, Merry Christmas to all of them, and thanks for, you know, allowing this fucktard to be a part of the whole group and everything. Because it's cool. It really is, honestly. Um, And then, like, obviously, I have to do this, because, I mean, without you guys, there's no podcast. And... I have a lot of followers, and a lot of listeners, and some of you might not even listen to the show, you might just, you know, follow the Facebook page, or follow the Instagram page, which I, I'm saying it now, I apologize, the Instagram page has been neglected quite a bit the last, uh, probably I'd say about two, three months, you know, life likes to throw curveballs, and I've, you know, I made some changes to my life, and I didn't think they were going to affect me as much as they have, and it's like, Fuck! Like now, I never have any fucking time. What the hell? And it kind of sucks. So, going into the quote-unquote new year, I'm not into that whole new year, new me shit. And I'm like, go fuck off. You know, it's another fucking day. Who cares? But um, obviously, you know, for the whole you know 2019 thing and whatnot, um, I'm going to try to focus more of my attention. Uh, on the instagram page and get back to where i was with that because i was using it a lot for a while and kind of dipped off sorry about that but um yeah but the facebook page obviously i have a lot of support on there uh it's really awesome uh obviously now we're on spotify and i do know i have some followers on there so that's fucking awesome uh there's a lot of good shit you know um the the podcast, I, I admit, I know it's been very shaky the last uh, you know two months or so. Um, we're going. I'm going to make sure that that gets rectified for the coming year. And uh, I probably I should probably announce it now um, while we're talking about it. Uh, going into the new year, the the podcast is probably going to be bi-weekly now. Um, I don't think I'm going to be able to maintain it on a weekly basis, just simply because. I made changes to my life that I shouldn't have made. Well, I no, I shouldn't say I shouldn't have made them. I didn't realize that the changes I made would affect me as much as they have. So going into the new year, uh, the, uh, the podcast will be bi weekly. It'll be every two weeks as opposed to every week. Uh, make it easier on me It'll make it for better episodes and whatnot, uh, better content because I find that some of these episodes, I feel like I'm almost like rushing them and, uh, So I I, I need to make better quality episodes, so bi-weekly it is. But getting back to my point, um, to what I was actually talking about, uh, to all of the listeners, all of the followers, every single one of you, uh, stay safe, uh, have uh, a great holiday, um, and thanks for supporting my fucking sorry ass, (laughs) because... uh yeah, it means a lot. It does. You know, when I see, like, the the support on the Facebook page, I see the support on the Instagram page, and I know that people are listening. I, I, I see it. Uh, iTunes shows me sometimes, you know, what episodes are getting listened to a lot and whatnot, and... Um, It's just, it's really awesome to see. So, uh, from, again, the bottom of my deadish, blackish heart, um, thank you to all of you. Everyone have a safe holiday. Merry Christmas. Uh, Happy Krampusnacht or Kwanzaa or, you know, whatever fucking day you celebrate. I mean, Jesus, there's, like, what like 24 I think it's something like 24 or 25 celebrated holidays globally in the month of December like seriously and we're worried about like happy holidays or Merry Christmas fuck off Jesus people get so butthurt over wording you know what words are just fucking human-made shit so we communicate that's all it is don't worry about it so much fuck I mean Jesus you guys listen to my episodes and all I ever say is fuck shit damn cunt whore like (laughs) I mean I've and nobody gets offended by that. But say, Happy Holidays, and all of a sudden someone's like, oh, I'm a Merry Christmas kind of guy. Well, whatever. Piss off. Um, anyways, that's just my political rant for the day. Because um, I don't like bringing politics too much into this show, unless you know, unless I'm talking about Silent Night, Deadly Night, which I will be. Um, hey, let's get to that for a moment here. Episode 35 is a Very Merry Axmas podcast. I just decided that... What I'll do is, I'm going to record both in one episode and give you a Merry Christmas gift from me to you, um, or whatever. You know what? Maybe I should change it. Maybe like it should be like the the very merry Crumpish knocked podcast zero christmas special like i don't know whatever whatever holiday you celebrate because i know you're all different nationalities and creeds and you all have different sizes of genitalia and shit like that I've, none of which means anything to me i really don't give a shit but <sighs> to get to my point today is a double review episode we're going to do both silent night deadly night from 1984 and And Black Christmas from 1974. No, I am not doing the remake this year. (laughs) Because I really don't want to shit on a movie. I want this to be a nice, happy, loving episode. Not one where I'm shitting on stuff. Which I will say though, and this is a side note so I can say this now and not later. um, The Black Christmas remake has its merits. I will say that. It is not the worst movie ever made. As long as you don't compare it to the original. Once you do that, it's a fucking shit and piss fucking, Ugh. we'll just call it that, um, because all of a sudden I had a brain fart, and I can't think, I should really start doing these episodes drunk, it'd be a lot more fun, you know that, you guys would get like a fucking laugh and a half out of me, um, instead of just a half a laugh, um, hey, that was kind of funny actually, not really, but whatever, um, okay, so, um, Silent Night, Deadly Night is going to be the first review black Christmas I'm saving the best for last <laughs> uh, will be the second review um, I'm going I've got some festive music uh, planned for the end of the show and uh, yeah so I guess we should well should we get into it now or should I continue to be sappy and loving no um yeah you know what I'm gonna say one last thing because there is something that it- I don't do serious very much on this Podcast, as most of you know, uh, and I do a lot of like side talking and side notes and little rants here and there, and you know, a lot of cursing and stuff like that. And I pretty much sound like a a, a complete, like, um, like anxious ridden fucking mess <laughs> at times. Um, but you know, like, um, ugh, I'm getting choked up. No, I'm not. Um, <laughs> I have really bad allergies at the moment, so I'm like all snotted up and shit, it's, I don't know, too much information, I know, um, so hey, uh, you know, Christmas is, uh, and I've been talking about this um, with a lot of friends, uh, close people I know and stuff, and I've posted shit on my Facebook about it and stuff like that, not the, not the podcast zero facebook page but like my personal page and shit this christmas for some reason and i've noticed it with a lot of people i've noticed it even with myself it does not feel like christmas um it does not feel like a holiday season it feels like everyone's really fucking angry and you guys heard on the last episode i basically went on a huge holiday rant um which i guess in in my own twisted way i kind of contributed to that anger and that uh that you know the malevolent feeling of the fucking holidays and whatnot and i just wanted to say like you know uh for all of us like seriously and this includes myself um you know don't be afraid to talk to people because like and i'm talking about like close people i fuck shrinks fuck doctors um you know they're only gonna put you on medicine anyways and i mean i get it some people do need that i'm not knocking it i'm just the thing is is that like right now the holidays like you know whatever and like i said whatever holiday it is you celebrate we need the people that are important to us we need the people that are special to us i've been i've been lucky i've i've had like you know a, a few really really good people in my life that kind of kept like me grounded for the times when shit has really gotten out of hand and just like like i said like you guys heard the last episode i went on a fucking angry rant i mean and i'm not normally that angry i mean i put it on as part of the show but i'm not really that angry of a person and this past like december i've just been on a fucking rage (laughs) it's like i feel like cage rage and movie fucking mandy there like it's just been brutal um so, yeah, like, you know, uh, if I if I can for, like, one small little moment and actually be serious on, you know, my show, <laughs> uh, which is never serious. But, anyways, um, you know, like, like, be good to each other, you know? Stay close to your loved ones and shit. Because I know for myself, like, hmm. I could probably count on one hand the amount of people that, like, have really stepped up for me. And I'm not knocking all the other people in my life. I'm not saying that. But... There's been I'd say four or five that have really stood out lately for me and they know who they are. I'm not gonna center people out. Like they know who they are because I've told them, you know, and and we all need to do that, you know, because this world is tough sometimes and here I am sounding all intellectual and caring. Ugh Jesus Murphy, what's wrong with me? Um but yeah. You know, just stick together, stay tough, you know don't don't give in to the holiday gloom because as much as people will you know that that the society's image of Christmas is supposed to be happy and gleeful, let's face it, we know like suicide rates are the highest, and you know people get shitty with each other, and it's a very angry world at this time of the year, so you know what, just stick it out, stick with your good peeps, you all have good peeps in your life, I know that, and you know stick with them and stay close be good to each other and that's it for me being the big spokesperson of the year um no um I do a lot of the no ums I notice that <laughs> sometimes when I'm editing my shows I'm like hmm, I say that shit a lot don't I I always sound like a bibbling idiot but oh well it is what it is I do this in in tribute to Joe Bob Briggs no um eh, Hey okay, yeah, quickly. Joe Bob Briggs did his Merry Christmas, uh, you know, thing on Shudder. Awesome thing this year. Like, at least Shudder was smart enough to pick four movies that all the fucking countries can watch it. Like, we didn't need a VPN or anything. It was fucking great. You know, we could watch it here. It was Phantasm, which I was kind of... Eh. The, Phantasm, the Phantasm series is, you know, it's fun for what it is. I mean, it's fucking batshit crazy, but... Um, It was kind of cool to see, you know, Joe Bob doing all four movies. Well, four because they skipped part two. But it was nice that, you know, Canada got it and the U.K. got it. Ireland got it and whatnot. Like the other places where there's Shudder were able to watch this special as well. It wasn't just a U.S. only thing. That was really fucking cool to Shudder. But I really wish they would have done Black Christmas because I would have loved to have seen what Joe Bob had to say about Black Christmas. But, hey, who knows? Maybe next year, right? He is coming back as a regular on Shudder. So, yay! And now, that's it for me on my babbling and bibbling and all this other bullshit. Let's get to the fucking movies. So, first off, from 1984, the movie that caused a lot of controversy. <laughs> and it was well, I mean, I can't say I remember it. I was alive, but I don't actually remember the controversy. But I do love reading about it and watching all the documentaries and shit. Anyways, um, from 1984, trailer time. Let's start off with, you know, Billy and his axe and Silent Night, Deadly Night. Back in a moment. Christmas, Silent Night. Deadly Night. Alright, bitches. We're back. And... Hmm. Alright, so... Silent Night, Deadly Night. Hmm. How do I do this without being mean? Uh, the first one's the only good one, in my opinion. I do have the second one as well, but... I have the Scream Factory uh, Blu-ray editions for both of these. First and the second. We won't even talk about the third or the fourth. But, (laughs) um, I don't know. I personally, in my opinion, I think the first one is the best one. And the reason I say that, like, a lot of people like part two. Because they feel like they get two movies for the price of one kind of deal. Because that's my problem, actually, with the second one. Is that there's too many fucking flashbacks. And the flashbacks aren't, like, you know, like little like five or ten second like vignettes they're like fucking like like literally like a good like five minute chunk of the movie like replayed for you and then they move on to the next scene and the next scene and I swear like Silent Night Deadly Night 2 it seems like for the first half of the movie you're just watching part one all over again you know minus some of the like dead weight so I don't know my personal opinion I like the first one the best Like I said, I do know there's a lot of people that are like, well, part two is amazing because you get two movies for the price of one. And then there's Garbage Time or Garbage Day or... You know, like, everybody's always got their nickname for that one scene that, like, yeah, we all love it and everything. Don't get me wrong. But, I mean, I don't know. For me personally, going into a sequel, not that I care for sequels very often, but if I'm going into a sequel, I don't want to spend the first half of the movie watching the first movie over again. So... I don't know. That's my opinion on the matter. Uh, I'm not going to talk much about the second movie because we're going to focus on the first movie. first movie also, um, so Linnea Quigley, you guys have heard me talk about her, obviously. You know, Return of the Living Dead, probably my all-time favorite movie. um, And obviously, she's a (laughs) really big part of that movie. um, But she was in this as well. And this came out the same year as Savage Streets, actually. And, you know, I think that's... That was right about the time Linnea Quigley was really actually starting to, you know, get famous and and you know be more well known. Probably because she kept taking her top off, but that's besides the point. Um, no, actually, I think that is the point. But um, yeah, so it, this movie, like, I mean, she had other acting credits before this movie, but I think this is probably the one that right before Return of the Living Dead probably started to, you know, get people's attention. Uh, more so for the fact that, you know, she's the chick, you know, about ready to have sex on the pool table and whatnot. So, um, so yeah, there's that with this movie, obviously. Um, I'll be getting into the cast and whatnot. But, yeah, like, I bring it up because, as, as I said, like, you know, Return of the Living Dead being probably my most favorite movie of all time. Yeah. Uh, it's up there let's put it that way it's really hard for me to pick a an absolute favorite movie but I have probably watched that one more than any other movie that I own probably um thinking anyways I don't know I've watched Halloween quite a bit Nightmare on Elm Street and Nightmare on Elm Street 3 whatever I'm kind of babbling and let's stay on target um so, yeah, Silent Night, Deadly Night. Uh, it was released, I believe it was uh, November 9th. Yeah, November 9th, 1984, was the U.S. release. Um, the runtime on it it varies. Uh, depends on which version you're watching. Uh, so, originally, I believe the theatrical version was 79 minutes long. If you saw the uncut version before, you know, they. Chopped out a lot of the gore and whatnot. Uh, it was 85 minutes, but the video version, which has you know put in back all the gore and stuff, and you can tell where they edited it in, um, is 96 minutes long, and that's I believe that's the version that uh, most people are getting now through the Scream Factory releases and whatnot. Um, it also opened on the uh, the same weekend as *The Nightmare on Elm Street* uh, in 1984, so. Uh, that that's some tough competition. Um, granted, the the first Nightmare on Elm Street was not as successful as some of the sequels because it was its first, and a lot of people didn't uh, didn't know what they were getting with it at the time. Um, uh, so, uh, how do we uh, gross? Uh, the, well, the budget for it was just uh, over a million and a half. Uh, no, uh, a million. St- Okay, I'm horrible like pronunciating like numbers if I do like one point something. Uh, so I'll just say it was one million and sixty five thousand dollars was the budget <laughs> instead of trying to go one point something. Yeah, I'm fucking I'm not that bright, honestly, people. I'm not. I'm I try, but uh, like I said, release date was November 9th. Uh, but uh, though, so the limited release, uh, was um. November eleventh. And then there was like the the wide release throughout the US was the following weekend. Um but so the opening weekend it grossed one point four million or one point four three two million if you really want to get like technical. Uh but the overall gross was just under two and a half mil. Uh so that's not bad. Like I mean, considering, you know, um it's like, you know, a cheesy B movie. Like B movies, like honestly, they don't they don't fare well in the theaters. We all know that, but 2.5 mil—that's not bad, man. That means a lot of people did actually check it out. Of course, it got pulled early, so that kind of hurts it too. And a lot of the uh, ad campaigns got pulled. I'll—I'll um, I'll get to that in a minute, obviously. But um, so let's quickly get into the cast and uh, and the writers and directors and whatnot. We'll get into all that and then uh, we'll talk a bit about the controversy and what I like and dislike and all that fun shit. Um, so, it was directed by Charles E. Sellier Jr. Um, I don't know much else of his other work, to be honest. I, I'm not going to lie. I I think this is probably the only movie I've actually really watched that he's done. Um, he's done, like, Hangar 18... Uh, actually, let's see, I'm looking at his list, and I haven't watched a lot of these. He's done a lot of documentaries, so, uh, and, I mean, like, I like my documentaries, don't get me wrong, but, uh, I, directing, he only had four movies he did. He did, uh, Encounter with Disaster, Silent Night, Deadly Night, Snowballing, and The Annihilators, um, and the only one I've seen of those is Silent Night, Deadly Night, so, is what it is. Uh, like I said, he he did a lot of documentaries like producing and whatnot, so um, obviously horror was not his forte. Um although this is a this is a classic. Uh written by Michael Hickey. It was based on a story by Paul Camy. Um now you're cast. Okay, so <sighs> there's two really that stand out and then the rest of the movie it like the rest of the cast i mean they're there to progress the story and whatnot but the two that i think really do stand out is robert brian wilson and lillian chauvin and or chauvin sorry um especially lillian uh yeah lillian it it's spelt weird so it, it i'm kind of struggling with it <laughs> oh shit merry fucking christmas um Lillian Chauvin plays uh, Mother Superior. And it's not often I watch movies and I get like really angry at characters. I hate this bitch. Seriously, I hate this fucking bitch. That's how good she plays this role. She plays it so fucking well that I do fucking hate her guts. Um, and Robert Brian Wilson, who obviously plays Billy... Um, at 18 years old, whatnot, uh, you know, goes on the killing spree, dressed up as Santa Claus. Um, he's not the best actor. I'm not gonna lie. He's not fucking great, but he's your main character, and he is what sells this movie. And he he makes it work. So I mean, all things considered, I mean, it, like I said, you know, cheesy B movie Christmas horror movie, whatever. You're not gonna get fucking like you know Denzel Washington or you know Morgan Freeman kind of. You know, top-notch acting. You're going to get what you get. And for what it's worth, he is fucking entertaining. He's awesome. So, those are the two really worth uh, talking about. Um, Other people, uh, like other actors and actresses in this film. Gilmer McCormick plays Sister Margaret. Uh, Tony Nero plays Pamela. Uh, Britt Leach plays Mr. Sims. He's actually fucking pretty cool. Um, (laughs) He's corny, but he's cool. Um let's see, Danny Wagner plays Billy at eight years old, um, when he's, like, he, he's wearing lipstick, it's really fucking weird, um, yeah, like, I, I, I watched it just recently, and I noticed, like, when they're showing the scenes when he's in the car with his parents and whatnot, he's, like, wearing, like, like, seriously legit fucking lipstick, I'm, like, um, all right, that's kind of weird, like, does the kid even like i don't know it's like a whole like gender fucking thing with that and i was like that's kind of weird for 1984 that's fucking weird uh for 2018 no not so much um linnea quigley as denise obviously um grandpa was played by will Hare. yeah (laughs) grandpa's fucking weird he's creepy he's actually probably the creepiest thing about the movie honestly he really is um it played very well though, and especially for the fact that it's such a brief role. Uh but man he fucking nails that. Um Tara Buckman plays uh Billy's mother and Jeff Hansen plays the father, both who get killed very early in the fucking movie. Um and yeah. So <laughs> you know, there's all one thing, that, and it's funny because I've even seen, like, there there's shit on the internet about this, too. About the uh, the amount of unnecessary boob shots in this fucking movie. Uh, there's a lot of them. The mother is the one that's the interesting one because Santa has no intention of raping her. He just rips her fucking top open and then he slices her throat. Like, okay, does Santa like watching, like, blood splash all over boobs or something? Because, and, and that's the thing, like, in this movie, there's not... Like there's, if you see the later versions with the gore put back in, yeah, there's blood. But the theatrical version that they released, there wasn't a lot of blood. Um, even when like he when he cuts her throat, she's not bleeding much. Like they obviously didn't have a lot of budget for you know like blood and shit. Um, evil Dead, this was not. Let's put it that way. Um, but yeah, a lot of unnecessary boob shots. Um, Linnea Quigley's uh, whole scene. Where, okay, so, she's making out on the fucking pool table, and she's wearing, like, her little, like, G-string underwear, whatever. She's going to check for her cat outside puts on shorts, but is completely topless. How many chicks, honestly, walk to their front door with no top on whatsoever and call for their cat? I, no. I wish, honestly. Sometimes I kind of wish, um... Yeah, I'll, I'll stop there. But um, no, seriously, like, that kind of shit doesn't fucking happen. It's completely unnecessary. And yet, when you hear what the controversy of this movie was about, like, how did this not become controversy or controversial? Um, I mean, I'm sure it probably did at one point or another, but... The real controversy from this movie came from the whole idea of a killer Santa, which I'm going to get to in just a moment. I just quickly want to read you the synopsis, which, I mean, I could even fucking make this shit up myself, honestly. Um, Because basically, after his parents are murdered, a tormented teenager goes on a murderous rampage dressed as Santa due to his stay at an orphanage where he was abused by the Mother Superior. That is your fucking plot. That's your story. That's it. Very simple. Very basic. And then there came the controversy, and I think the controversy is honestly what has made so much of this movie so successful and has given it the cult following that it has because I mean okay, prior to this, there was christmas evil yes there was there was posters of Christmas Evil with Santa holding a knife, and okay, yeah, but <clears throat> excuse me um but with that, I mean you it it could go unnoticed, and not to mention like Lewis Jackson when he released that movie. Honestly, people didn't like. It was very low budget. It was very low key. A lot of people did not. There's a lot of people today that don't even know of Christmas Evil or You Better Watch Out, whatever title you want to call it by. Um, you know, and I mean, like Killer Santas. It at this point, it's not exactly the most original idea. It's been it had been done before, but it was never done to this level, and. Like, Silent Night, Deadly Night, What a lot of it was, like... And the PTA fought to have, you know... They, they wanted the film, like, taken out of the theaters literally the day it was put in the theaters. Um, and they were pissed that it was being released around Christmas, which, honestly, fuck you. When else are you going to release this movie? What, are we going to release it in fucking Easter? No, because we already have killer Easter bunny movies, too. Um, <laughs> they're called the Bunny Man Massacres. Um, but, no. Uh, like, <laughs> So I guess like there, there was a lot of uh, there were groups that were formed and a lot of the protests uh, that came from this. It was because of the fact that there was uh, the poster and we've all seen the poster of, you know, Santa going down the chimney and he's holding an axe. Um, we've seen it. There's other posters out there of like, you know, Santa holding an axe. We've seen the Scream Factory cover where Billy is dressed as Santa and he's got blood on his suit a bit and he's, you know, holding an axe and whatnot. And people got pissed off about this. And, you know, and and not to mention, like, I I, I don't even understand, like, the thing. uh, So we always focus on, like, especially in this day and age with social media and whatnot, we focus on the fact that in 2018, everyone is so offended. But. People were offended about a fictional fucking character holding an axe. Santa Claus is not real. And I understand, okay, yes. Back in the 80s, I was a kid once too. You know, my mom played the whole idea of Santa Claus and whatnot. Santa's going to come into, you know, our house. Although we lived in an apartment that didn't have a chimney. And I was stupid enough to never question, how the fuck does he get in here? Um, you know, obviously as an adult, I look back on it and go, wow, kid... You were fucking naive, but anyways, uh, like people are always so they were so afraid that this would traumatize kids. First of all, I know I I shouldn't go here, but I'm going to. Parents also do need to have a certain level of um, what's the word I'm thinking of? Like, like they have to watch what their kids are seeing and stuff like that. I think... I'm not saying that it goes completely on the parents. It is also, you know, the responsibility of Hollywood and stuff like that. And I get that, but this was... Nothing like this was a horror movie. It very simple for a parent to say to their kid, if their kid saw this, they say, you know what? No, that's a horror movie. That, that is something that is adults have taken the idea of Santa Claus and they've made him a killer. Don't worry about it. It's not real. Um, like there's that element where you can also have that discussion with your kids and let them know, Hey, look, you know what? It's just, it's fiction. It's the same as star Wars. It's the same as transformers. It's the same as, you know, SpongeBob SquarePants. It's not fucking real. And, you know, you can, you can twist it a bit so that kids aren't tormented, um, to turn around and say that, you know, (coughs) excuse me. To turn around and sit there and say that, you know, like, oh, well, this movie is going to traumatize kids. Well, there's a lot worse fucking shit going on in this world that's going to traumatize kids even worse. Um, as a matter of fact, just in the news not too long ago, there was a a, a Santa Claus in Russia, apparently. I believe it was Russia. I read it. Uh, this is where it happened. He it was a 60, 67-year-old man, I think, uh, you know, putting on a show for kids, and he had a heart attack and died. Boom, right on the stage. Um that's not gonna traumatize kids. And what are we gonna do? Sue the guy? He's dead. Like, <laughs> what the fuck? Um, so the thing is, is and the UK. The, uh, that's another thing too. The UK. I mean, like they they gave this movie like quite the fight for a long time. Um, I think it was finally in two thousand nine where the the film was actually accepted and it was able to be uncut. Uh, but they give it like the 18 certificate, whatever, uh, thing. Um, but yeah, like it, it, it took a, a long, long time for this movie to, to finally get out of the shadows of censorship and people being pissed off at it and whatnot. Um, the way people generally uh, look at it, I guess like Rotten Tomatoes holds it at a 25% approval rating. <laughs> um, let's face it, it's a fucking B-movie, if you are, if you're going into this expecting uh, that, you know, you're going to see some, like, like I said, like, some Denzel Washington level fucking acting, and you're going to see great special effects, and all this other shit, no, you're not going to see that, um, excuse me, wow, my fucking throat is just really fucking up today, um, I mean, like, Leonard Moulton, uh, you know, he fucking apparently shit on this fucking movie, said it was a worthless splatter film, well, that's what the it is like people seriously i never understand fucking critics go into a movie knowing what you're going to fucking see you're gonna see a movie where a santa's gonna walk around and kill fucking people like that's what the fucking movie is it's not trying to be anything more than what it is i will say this though like i said like you know uh um lillian chauvin's character you know uh, mother superior that's actually some pretty fucking good acting for a B-movie. You know, she, she's a bitch. And when, you know, we want her to die, we want her to die, like, severely. Um, what do I like about the movie? I like that it's campy. I like that it's stupid. I like that it it's a movie talking about post-traumatic syndrome before post-traumatic syndrome even had that fucking name. Um, <laughs> it's a movie uh, that, you know, it... it, 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 it well, one of the best scenes in it is the toy store that fucking Billy's working in. Like being a kid from the 80s I grew up with those toys, it's like a walk through fucking memory lane just looking at the background. You know, when you see like G.I. Joe and Transformers and and He-Man and Thundercats and all this shit and it's all on the shelves and just scattered amongst. And I mean, not to mention all the licensing rights that they probably didn't even fucking have to deal with but I don't know maybe they did maybe that's where all the budget went I don't fucking know um, <laughs> because the, the budget honestly for like a, a movie that was uh, one million and sixty five thousand dollars spent on it um, they're not much of a budget uh, unless they were paying for all the boob shots I don't fucking know uh, the music the music is what the music is I mean it, it's, it's festive it's cute it's fun um, do I like this movie a lot debatable um (laughs) it's not christmas evil it's not black christmas um those two probably two of the most uh most endearing and most loved films in you know in my catalog of christmas horror movies that i love um this one i watched the first one like i said the second one it's not that the second one is bad. The second one is great for what it is. If, if you don't want to watch this one and the second one together, you can watch the second one and pretty much see most of this movie in that. Um, but, I mean, the first movie, I really do like. Um, but it's not one of my favorites. It's really... T- Let's put it this way. I watch it every year. I do. But... Probably, if I have to give it a rating, I'm actually pretty much on par with uh, with um, IMDb. IMDb gives it a 5.9 out of 10. I was going to say 6 myself, honestly. So, yeah, it's about a 6 for me. Um, <coughs> wow. I'm just a coughing up a storm. I've been sick the last few weeks, so I apologize for the intermittent coughs that pop up in here. Um yeah, you know what? I honestly, I I think I have to say it's about a six for me. You know, when I'm actually thinking about it, I do like, a spe- well, and keep in mind, I'm talking about the full uncut version with the extra gore like added into it and whatnot. Just just seeing Linnea Quigley get lifted up on the fucking deer head and the antlers going through her and stuff, it's fun to watch. I mean, it's not best special effects in the world, but it's practical effects, and I love that. You guys know what I? I you know, I love my practical effects. So yeah, it's. It's a six out of ten for me. Um, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna sit here and completely diss on this movie. Like I said, some of the acting is fucking bad. Um, (laughs) uh, You know, Robert Brian Wilson, as great as he is, he's also really fucking campy. Um, Some of the delivery of his lines and like the way he like weirds out sometimes, like over like the chick and the dude, like you know, uh, I mean that that was almost like a, a nice little borderline rape scene in itself and. I don't know, again, another, honestly, a useless boob shot, but, I mean, it is what it is. This movie was filled with boobs and blood and all sorts of fucking, well, not blood, really, Uh, depending on which version you're watching. Um, I'm babbling, and I need to shut the fuck up and move on to the next film. But, yes, it's a 6 out of 10. Um, Do I recommend it? Yes, I do. I recommend that everybody watch it at least once a year. Watch it at Christmas time. And watch it drunk, because it makes it so much better. (laughs) And on that note, let's move on to the next film because I really I really want to talk about the next movie and I should have made this its own separate episode, but you know what, in the spirit of Christmas, let's give you a two for one deal and let's focus on probably the greatest Christmas horror movie of all fucking time. Um, I wish I could say it's the greatest Christmas movie of all time, but I honestly think that That credit goes to Die Hard. did I say that? Yes, I did. For all you motherfuckers out there that say that Die Hard isn't a Christmas movie, lick my nuts. Anyways, moving on. Uh, So, another trailer, and then when we come back, we're going to talk about the 1974 classic that I might add inspired a certain other slasher. We'll get to that in a moment. Actually, I think you guys already know that because I think I actually mentioned it a few weeks ago. But, um... Yeah. So when we come back, Black Christmas from 1974. Back in a moment. Hello. Yeah, i it. Who are you? For God's sake, what are you doing? Who is it? I'm going to kill you. Hey Billy. Hey. Agnes. Agnes. Hey Agnes, it's me, Billy. I want to lick your pretty pussy. Mama. Um. All right. So, Black Christmas. Um. Honestly, I didn't need any fucking notes for this movie. Uh, this is not only. My favorite Christmas horror movie. This is also probably in my top 10 of all time favorite movies. Uh, yeah, I saw this movie. i remember exactly how old I was. I think it was about 14 when I saw it for the first time. And it was my mom who actually directed me to it. She knew I was like big into the slasher movies, big into horror films and whatnot. And I had never even heard of this movie up to that point in my life which I know seems odd because it is a very well-known horror film. But up to that point, I had never heard of it. And my mom says to me, we're at the video rental place one day and she's like, oh, Black Christmas you would like. I'm like, really? I'm like, all right, I'll give it a shot. I mean, it takes place at Christmas. And I, you know, I, I do love that whole idea of, you know, Christmas and killers and blood on snow. Like, that's, that's a weird thing with me. I, and people always, like, when, uh, you know, people will be like, why do you like the Christmas horror genre so much? And it's like, I love the contrast of Blood on Snow. And I don't know what it is about that. Like, even movies that aren't Christmas related, like The Shining or um, uh, The Dead Zone and stuff, like movies that take place at winter. Uh, the Thing, is another one, you know, it takes place in the, in the snow, in the cold, in the winter. And I have this thing about, like, seeing Blood on Snow. For some reason, it's appealing to my senses for whatever fucking reason, I don't know and no, I'm not going to kill anyone this Christmas I've come close, but no, I, I wouldn't dare, um, I do enjoy I can't say I enjoy people living fuck that shit, uh, but no um, on a serious note like, I don't know what it is, but I've always loved the contrast of snow and blood, and I mean, it's even like, to the point where, like, I used to do a bunch of writings way back in the day, I had a whole series of writings called Snowblood um And, uh, well, my Instagram, Snowblood in Arkham. Uh, you know, like, for some reason, I've always loved that. So, the Christmas horror genre was one that, like, even when I was younger, like, I liked the whole idea of that. I like the the twist of it, like taking something that's so beautiful like Christmas, well, depending on which view you're taking on that, but uh, taking something like Christmas that's supposed to be happy and gleeful and then adding the element of horror and violence and suspense to it, it, just it's a great dichotomy that I really enjoy. So, all that just to say, my mom tips me off to this movie and says, I think you'll really enjoy it. I'm like, all right, cool. And we watch it. And I figured out the ending. Come to find out, so did my mother when she saw it in the theaters. And she kind of blurted it out a little too loud. And yeah. So there is a way to figure out the ending of this film. And I'll get into that in a bit. But this movie... Uh, okay, the New York Times hated it. <laughs> Gave it a 1 out of 5. Fuck you, New York Times. Um, but there was a lot of people that said that this movie was... Somewhat intelligent, and I don't know if intelligent is the right word, but it is clever at certain points. Um, And it's also, in my opinion, aside from the movie Psycho, this is probably the first of the slasher genre. Um, And it's done with a lot of different things that have later become so successful, but at the time seem to almost go unnoticed. For example, the whole point of view camera view. Uh, something that Sam Raimi used a lot in the Evil Dead series, uh, something that's been used in a lot of found foo- footage films and whatnot. This movie actually did that like way before any of them. Uh, you know, with the whole idea of Billy, like we actually watch him in the beginning of the movie, like climb up the trellis into the sorority house, um, you know, to to go and kill that first kill and whatnot. And that was something that wasn't. I can't say, I don't think that Black Christmas was the first movie to do it, but it wasn't something that was very common, and they did it. And then, of course, later on, John Carpenter would do that with Halloween, when Michael kills Judith in the first, you know, five, ten minutes of the movie and whatnot, and we saw Deborah Hill's hand and all that sort of stuff, like, they kind of mimicked what Black Christmas did, so... It, it, it's very interesting. Like there's other things that I'll point out in a, in a couple seconds. I do kind of, I need to backtrack this and start doing this the way I normally do. Um, so black Christmas was released, uh, December 20th, 1974, uh, filmed in Canada. It's filmed in Toronto actually. So yay for Canada, um, directed by Bob Clark. And for those of you who know Bob Clark, you also know that he did another, uh, very famous Christmas, uh, movie called a Christmas story. Um, excuse me on top of that he also did porkies uh bob clark has also done the movie death dream he's done he's done a lot of like actually like like really good titles um black christmas though is probably like i said my favorite of of his films um it's one of my favorite films period um you you, i probably don't have to tell you what the rating of this movie is going to be because i'm pretty sure you already figured that out but We'll get to it. We'll get to it. Uh, the writing credits go to Roy Moore. He did the screenplay for this. Um, producers. Uh, Bob Clark was one of the producers, along with Jerry Arbeid, uh Finley Quinn and Richard Schouten. And the music, I am actually... Uh, you know, the last movie, I forgot to mention who the composer was. Uh, but this this one I am actually going to mention is Carl Zittra. He did the uh, music for it. The soundtrack. The soundtrack has been released uh, on vinyl. I have it. Uh, Waxwork Records, I believe, was the company that released it. There's two different versions of the vinyl. You can get one where it's clear white. That's sadly the one I have because I wanted the other one where it was clear white with blood splatter on it. Um, And unfortunately, uh, when I ordered mine, I didn't realize that I ordered the wrong one. Oops, my bad. But the soundtrack is amazing. I still love it. I still, as a matter of fact, I was just listening to it last night while I was rapping gifts, Because it puts me in the festive mood. Which I will say, up to that point, I was not feeling Christmas this year. I put on the Black Christmas soundtrack, listening to, you know, Billy's obscene phone calls with the music in between. And it kind of put me in a Christmas mood. So, Black Christmas, Carl Zitra, your fucking soundtrack is amazing because it kind of brought a tingle to my heart. Um... <laughs> Okay, so, the cast. Um, the cast is awesome. The cast, uh, there's some really big names, some not-so-big names, but it doesn't matter because they're all awesome in this fucking movie. Um, so, starring Olivia Hussey as Jess. I will say that I've seen both this and I've seen Romeo and Juliet, and a lot of people credit her for Romeo and Juliet, which is a good movie, I'm not going to lie. It's a good ap- adaptation and whatnot, but... This is the movie I absolutely fucking love her in. Um, Because there's a lot of political and social issues that are actually brought up in this movie. Um, Some people go as far as to say that Black Christmas is a feminist movie. I do not like giving it that title. Because I think it shows a lot from both sides of arguments. Um, I don't think it's so much a feminist movie. It's just a very socially aware movie. And well before its time. So that's how I view it. I don't, I, you guys know, I actually, I really hate labels. I honestly do. I, I get tired of people doing that shit. But it is what it is, and it's the world we live in. And moving on. Uh, so Olivia Hussey, though, is fucking amazing in this movie. Um, she's attractive as hell, but it, it's even beyond that. I really find her acting to be really good in this, uh, especially for the fact that technically Black Christmas is a B-movie. It's not, you know, top-notch fucking movie. But great acting from her. Great acting from Margot Kidder. Margot Kidder is, in uh, it's interesting in this film because we get to see a side of her you don't see very often. We're all familiar with Lois Lane. We're all familiar with the the sassy reporter. Can you imagine her as a drunk sorority chick telling off an obscene phone caller by telling him to put his you know tongue in a fucking light socket to get a charge or his dick or whatever it is, um, like. <laughs> And she, you know, and telling people to fuck off and stuff. It, it's, a, it's a side of Margot Kidder we're not familiar with, and I fucking love it. Um, Pierre Doulet plays Peter. Peter's character is interesting. Um, and I love the twist they do with him, because he he's obviously very capable of playing the creepy character and whatnot. <laughs> Excuse me. Again, I'm sorry. I'm coughing a lot this episode. I'm really sorry for that. Um but he really did a good job of honing in on the idea of what Billy was as well. Because it for a good portion of this film, it could almost confuse you. Is it the boyfriend or is it someone else? He really does grasp that, yes, I love Jess, but I'm fucking creepy as hell about it. And he does such a great job of it. It's, it's actually a lot of fun to watch. Um, and I... I don't know. Uh, they, the, Bob Clark did a good job of just making sure that he, he did enough with the two characters that it really left the audience to question the motives of Peter. Um, I'll get more into that in, in a bit, whatnot. Um, John Saxon plays Lieutenant Ken Fuller. Just moving on. Because there's something I want to bring up, and not at the moment. John Saxon, we all know him as Nancy Thompson's father in A Nightmare on Elm Street, not to mention all the other fucking movies he's done, I always just aim straight for that one, (laughs) but, um, great actor, great, he he, he, might. In my opinion, he was, like, the big name that they brought in. It's kind of like like a lot of, like, uh, independent films today, you'll see them bring in that one main actor. Like, you know, Halloween, it was uh, Donald Pleasence. Uh, most recently, The Barn, you know, brought in Linnea Quigley. Like, a lot of, like, independent films will get that one name that stands out, and they'll bring them in. John Saxon, to me, was probably the, the actor that they said, hey, you know what, we need a really big-time actor, someone that's going to bring people into the theaters grab this guy and that's exactly what they did and it was fucking worth it he's super awesome marion waldman plays mrs mac she's the house mother she's fucking hilarious uh plays a drunk perfectly um a lot of fun to watch uh andrea martin who was also in the remake uh she plays phil it's funny in the remake she's playing mrs mac's part so it's kind of interesting um James Edmund played Mr. Harrison. The The interactions between Mr. Harrison and Mrs. Mack are fucking hilarious. <coughs> when, when they're going on, like, like when uh, Mr. Harrison is asking, like, Mrs. Mack, like, you know, about his daughter who's gone missing and whatnot. And they're in her room and she's, like, trying to hide the poster and she's trying to make it look like, you know, like, that, like, you know, his daughter was, like, you know, this, like, good little saint, which actually she was in a sorority house of a bunch of infidels and horrible women. No, um, but uh, it just is fucking funny to watch um, and brought some levity to, to a, of what is essentially a very dark film. Um, Lynn Griffin played his daughter, Claire, uh, and, uh, you know, she's not in the movie long. But she's probably one of the most famous characters simply for the fact that it's her face we see on the poster artwork every fucking time. Wrapped in cellophane. Uh, (laughs) uh, Let's see who else. There's uh, all the search party people and whatnot. Um, Art Hindle was in here as Chris. Chris Hayden, uh, Doug McGrath, Doug McGrath. I want to mention him. Uh, Sergeant Nash, he's the fellatio guy. He's the, the 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 cop that probably shouldn't be a cop if he doesn't know what the term fellatio fucking means. <laughs> uh, and and that whole scene, that that's it's it's fucking hilarious. Um, so let's see what else, what else, what else. Uh, budget for the film. Here we go. So the budget for this movie was 620,000. That's all they spent on this movie. And to be quite honest, I can believe it because there's not a whole lot to there's not a lot of gore. A lot of it is all psychological. It fucks with your head. It's and they filmed it in a house. For the most part it most of this film is filmed in one house. um There's the odd time they venture into like the phone company and the police department and whatnot. but for the most part, this movie is in one house, so it's pretty easy to believe that they only spent six hundred and twenty thousand. The gross on it four million and fifty three thousand is the estimated you know dollar value they've given us that's awesome um. And I'll be honest with you right now, this movie stands up pretty good that if you released it in the theaters like today, I think it would actually, you know, do very well. I said a lot. There's a huge cult following for this movie, Um, despite the fact that, you know, the New York Times fucking hated it, <laughs> um, you know, and. It's just, oh, and the tagline. A lot of people are very familiar with the the tagline that, you know, if this movie doesn't make your skin crawl, it's on too tight. Uh, And you see that on a lot of the different posters and whatnot. (coughs) Excuse me. Um, Oh, hey, I guess I should do the synopsis, right? Um, Okay, so it's time for Christmas break, and the sorority sisters make plans for the holidays, but the strange anonymous phone calls are beginning to put them on edge. Those phone calls are fucking wonderful by the way uh when claire disappears they contact the police who don't express much concern yeah um but then again how can they express concern if you're not giving them the proper phone number and saying it's like you know 1 500 fellatio or whatever she actually says i can't remember um meanwhile jess is planning to get an abortion Yeah, that's a key point but peter boyfriend peter is much is very much against it he's very much against it which again key point um the police finally begin to get concerned when a 13-year-old girl is found dead in the park. They set up a wiretap to the sorority house, but will they be in time to prevent a sor- sorority girl attrition problem? Um, so, the idea of abortion. Um, this is a big key part in the movie, actually, and it's also why I say this movie was socially aware well before its time. Um Because that that whole story plot of adding that Jess wants the abortion and her boyfriend is against it really makes you wonder, is the boyfriend the killer? Especially with the phone calls. The phone calls play into that with the whole idea, especially one of the most famous lines where it's like, you know, Billy is repeating what Peter has said when he said, it's like having a wart removed. Um, That's a key point because... A lot of people then started to wonder, is Billy fucking with Jess because he overheard it, or is Peter fucking with Jess because he's repeating what he initially, you know, heard, like, in in the conversation between the two of them. Um, And there's a lot of anger, especially towards Jess, which, ironically, Jess seems to always be the one on the phone with with Billy. But, um, and I mean, in the end... uh, what the final battle comes down to between, you know, between Billy and Jess and Jess and Peter. Uh, again, uh, very well done. very um, The part I always wondered, though, and this is something that is probably a little critique, but and I'm jumping way ahead, obviously. I'm going straight to the end of this movie here. But why did Peter know to look in the basement for Jess? That was the one part that, like, of all places, he goes to a basement window, looks in to find Jess and then he kicks in the window and jumps in. Um, why not go to the front door? Why not you know say hey Jess, meet me at the door or whatever like it, it, it's a very weird moment in the movie and, and I mean there's a few weird moments in the movie, especially like um, you know the, the, I don't think that's exactly how it works, but the whole idea of like the the pulley system in the base in the in the in the attic sorry. Which, a friend of mine, when we watched it, asked me, like, she was like, why is there a pulley in an attic? And I'm like, well, if you look at, like, the way the stairs are, if they had to lift something heavy into that attic, it's not working. Um, so you need a pulley system to lift it. I get it. But the way that Mrs. Mack is killed, I kind of don't think that the hook is just going to, like, smack her in the face and, you know, properly hook itself in the back of her head with the front of the hook coming out. And so, like, I mean, there, there's some far-fetched shit in this movie, obviously, But you don't watch it for that. You watch it for the suspense. You watch it for the story. You watch it for the twist of, you know, who's the real killer? Is it Peter or is it Billy? Is Billy Peter? Is Peter Billy? Like, there's all that weird shit going on. And I totally apologize for this. Wow, I am really having a rough morning. Um, (laughs) Happy Christmas Eve, everyone. Uh, So... There's also the whole idea of, like, um, like the way it was very socially conscientious of, or conscientious, bleh, fuck, I should edit that out, but I'm not going to. Merry Christmas, there's a gift for you, it's a blooper. Um, <laughs> uh, so, it is very socially aware, let me say that, because I can't talk all of a sudden isn't it funny how like podcasters like some of us and there's some podcasters that will edit out the funny shit like that I kind of like leaving it in just so it shows that I'm human I have human feelings no um but yeah like I talk a lot but I also babble a lot and I trip on my words a lot it's kind of funny um yeah so getting to my point though uh the whole idea of this movie being socially aware, and it's not just the whole idea of the abortion, but it's also the idea of who has a say in an abortion. Um, it's the idea of putting out there that do men have a right to say something? Do women have a right to tell a man he doesn't have a right to say something? Um, should it be the woman's decision With out the man or with the man there's a lot of questions that are raised in this um obviously i'm looking at it from a male perspective so i I keep in mind i'm not trying to start fights here or piss people off i'm just saying in terms of where i stand on it it's like hmm that is a good question and it's something that i haven't had to face in my life so i honestly don't know how i'd react but it's interesting to watch that a a simple little b-movie poses such an uh, a question that even to this day like keep in mind this movie came out in 1974 in 2018 we are still having conversations about these topics so and there are people on both sides of the line and there's some people that are more left of the middle right of the middle or you know what i mean like there's a, there's a lot of discussion that still comes from these topics which makes this movie almost timeless except for the fact that the fashions are fucking hilarious in this movie but (laughs) i mean when you got the one dude who's like got this like giant fur coat and it's like yeah that is totally 70s um but there there's a lot that's Brought to this movie that, um, and the whole idea of of a sorority, and you know the way a parent views a sorority versus you know the way the sorority girls themselves view it versus the house mother and stuff like like. There's a lot in this movie that causes people to think, and it, it it's yeah, it is somewhat of an intelligent movie. Unfortunately, it doesn't get that recognition because it's a B movie with a killer that. Has brown eyes. Oh, okay. So, a lot of people, apparently when this movie came out, a lot of people didn't notice this. Now, as time has gone on and it's been talked about, and obviously there's you know, shit on the internet about it and whatnot, people know it now. So, when my mother saw it at the theaters, she noticed. When I saw it for the first time, I noticed. But apparently not everyone notices. There's a key point to figuring out whether or not Peter is the killer or not. And that is that what is the one feature we see of the killer? His eyes. It's the only feature we would actually technically get a full shot of. He has brown eyes. When Jess kills Peter in the basement, because Peter, for some fucking strange reason, knows that Jess is down there or looks down there instead of anywhere else. Um, when she kills him, there's a close-up of Peter's face. And we see he has like grayish blue eyes. She did not kill the killer. So the killer is still alive. He's still in the attic playing with, you know, Claire's body while she's holding a doll and the house mother's hanging from the fucking hook and he's doing his fucking weird shit up in the basement. Or up in the attic, sorry. Not the basement. It's a funny story about a basement. So I recently started playing Dead by Daylight with some friends on uh, PS4 and my horror cred went right out the fucking door because I got killed in the basement of all fucking places on the map. So, yeah, I that's why i still keep going to the basement it's like i gotta think about basements what the fuck um but yeah billy's up in the attic jess is in the basement let's let, there we go we clear that up um so yes that is the way you can tell who the killer is and isn't and spoilers oh oh well most of you have fucking seen this movie you just want to hear what i have to say about it um my rating, my rating on this movie. What do I what do I think about this movie? I fucking love this goddamn movie so fucking much. It is easily a 10 out of fucking 10. And yes, I know it has flaws. Like I said, like Peter going, you know, looking in the basement for Jess. It doesn't make sense. Why the fuck? But it happens. Um, you know, th- th- okay, here's another thing. The 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 search party crew Why not knock on the fucking door? No, instead, let's peep into a fucking window and then say, we're looking for a dead girl's killer or something. Okay, you didn't think to knock on the fucking door, so let's creep out two girls that are in the kitchen. Because you want to stare like fucking voyeurs into a fucking kitchen window, hoping to maybe see some, like, titty action or something. I don't know what the fuck the guys are looking for. But you look through a window, instead of just knocking on the door and saying we're part of the search party, and, I mean, you're holding shotguns and whatnot, like, it's fucking weird. Yes, the movie, it, there are, there's a lot that you can pick on this movie, but, like I said, for it being socially aware like it was in 1974, at a time when, like I said, like, how many fucking years later are we still talking about these same issues? This movie was, it's timeless in that matter, and not to mention, it does a great job of the creepy Christmas vibe. It it, it it feels like a Christmas community. There's there's snow, there's Christmas lights, there's Christmas trees, there's a scene where there's a, a sorority dude wearing a fucking Santa suit and he's swearing at a kid, which, honestly, we could believe that would happen even in 2018. So, I, I've always loved the fact that this movie is timeless. I've always loved the fact that it does a lot of things that movies were afraid to do at that time. It's an easy 10 out of 10. It's a fucking great movie. If you haven't seen it and I just spoiled a lot of shit for you, your fault for still listening. Um, Merry fucking Christmas, everyone. And on that note, I'm going to fucking say this has been awesome. This has been a great episode to record. This has been a lot of fun for me. Um you know i i've i've struggled with the holidays this year it's been something that's been different for me um i've been very fortunate to have some really great friends uh, you know by my side and whatnot um fuck it i'm dropping a few names because you know what like there's some really good people in my life uh ben obviously for you know supporting me and not giving me a hard time about when i don't have content for the network he's really cool about it um He's been really awesome because he knows that I've been dealing with some shit and it means a lot to me because, you know, he's not harping on me or anything. He's letting me go as I need to and whatnot. And I really appreciate that, Ben. So thank you for that. Um, my friend, Sam, Sam, uh, Samantha, whatever. Uh, she has been all sorts of fucking amazing. This, uh, and I've only known her for a short period of time, but like, seriously, it feels like we've known each other a lifetime. Uh, super awesome definitely knows how to help straighten out my head when it gets fucked up thank you so much sam uh jacob jake you know i love you buddy you're my little man whore um (laughs) uh you make my dick hard. no i'm kidding um i'm not kidding no um anyways wow that got really fucking weird didn't it um no but i love jake jake's a great guy um he's really awesome uh He's got some weirdness to him, and that's what I think I love most about him and whatnot. He's been really awesome. Uh my PS4 group, um, Corey and Dave, you guys are fucking awesome. Corey, man, he uh I had like a really like um shitty night the one night, and uh the next day he sees me and he's like, I love you, man. And you know what? I never told him this, but it fucking meant a lot to me. So thanks, dude. You're fucking awesome. Um, Dave, I don't know Dave that well, but I know that Dave, every time he speaks, I laugh and I'm smiling and he's awesome. So he's really cool. Um, my mom, my sister, uh, you're awesome. Oh, wait, whoa, she'd kill me if I forgot her. Uh, Shelby, uh, fucking love you, girl. Uh, woo, shit. I was like trying to go too fast here. Um, yeah, let's jump back to Shelby for a second. This girl, like she's, I, uh. Never really knew much about her. I always saw her around and shit. And we kind of, like, finally, like, met each other, like, a couple months ago. Um And she's really cool because she does never... She never judges me. It's fucking awesome. Um And, I mean, I'm a fucking weird dude. Like, you guys only get the, the post-mortem Paul, like, fucking dude. But you don't see the whole side of me. And she's, like, super non-judgmental. And it's really fucking cool. Um She's a sweetheart. I absolutely love her. Um So... Yes, <laughs> don't worry. I didn't forget you. Um, yeah, she she fucking rules. Um, my mom, my sister, getting back to where I was at, uh, and Wally and my cats. Um, yes, I'm thanking my fucking cats on my podcast because it's my podcast and I can do this. Um, yeah, my cats, Asie and Luna, you know, the little demon spawns that you are. I fucking love you. I love my dog. I love my sister. I love my mom. Um, I love my friends, Danielle. All the way in down underland, you know, you fucking rule, you're always there for me, which is funny because we live on complete opposite sides of the fucking world and you're still there for me more than most people are, so that's awesome. Uh, My buddy Jeff, Jeff, I'll see you Christmas night, dude, we are definitely fucking hanging out. Um, Shit. Is there anyone else? Like, I feel like I'm fuck uh, my, but my, my adopted mom, TJ, I love TJ. TJ's awesome. She's, she adopted me. It's funny. Like she has two kids already and I'm apparently her third. So she's been awesome. Um, my summer, summer, you fucking rule. You know, I love you. I probably won't be listening to this, but I'm mentioning your name anyways. Um, And all all the listeners, all you guys, uh, there's Alex, there's Jennifer, there's um, uh, Ben, there's, like, so many of you guys. Like, fuck, I feel like I should go on forever. Uh, Jacob, Corey, everybody, thank you so much for always listening, always tuning in, always being so supportive. It's fucking great. And on that note... If there's anyone I forgot, please honestly know that it, I'm doing this off the top of my head. I do not mean to forget anyone. I love all of you guys. You guys are all awesome. You're never going to hear me this sentimental on this podcast ever again. So deal with it now, okay? Enjoy it for what it is. Um, if you're looking for the podcast, let's just segue out now. Um, if you're looking for the podcast and, you know, you, you, you don't know where for some fucking strange reason. We're on Facebook, uh, Facebook.com slash what lurks behind podcast zero, Instagram at what lurks behind podcast zero, Twitter. I use Twitter occasionally, not often, but on Twitter, WLB Podcast underscore zero. Uh what lurks behind podcast The home of the podcast. Next level radio online slash podcast zero. Um, com slash podcast zero. Wow, fuck I'm not even drunk, I swear to God, I'm not even drunk, um, uh, Horror Amino, you can find the podcast there, uh, yeah, you know, they, Merry Christmas all you motherfuckers, seriously, I fucking love you guys, um, and like I said, you'll never hear this shit again, okay, I'm never gonna be this sentimental, come Valentine's Day, I'm gonna be talking about death, death, kill, kill, and that's all, there. It, there will be no love in that fucking episode, whatever that episode is, um, That's that. Uh, Thank you for tuning in. I know this episode is a little bit longer than normal. Um, I wanted to make it special, I wanted to have fun with this. And uh, now I'm going to do something I've been wanting to do since I started recording this Um, album of the year. I, you guys know, I love my music and I try to vary it up. Sometimes I troll you guys with fucking weird songs, like, you know, air supply and shit like that. And other times, you know, it's actual songs that I listen to on a daily basis. Um, This year, a certain album came out that like, if you're a horror nerd and you like metal music, it's a dream come true uh the album and i call it album of the year it is my favorite album i've listened to it more than any other album this year which at one point i was almost ready to say that Atreus in our wake was best album but then this one just it kept coming back and coming back i bought it on vinyl i fucking love the shit out of this ice nine kills the silent scream and ironically there's a christmas song on that fucking album Because they did a song inspired by Silent Night, Deadly Night. If you are familiar with the album, you know that all 13 songs are inspired by other horror movies. And Edward Scissorhands. (laughs) Because it's really not a horror movie. And The Crow? eh, Borderline horror. But a lot of it is inspired by the darker elements of cinema. And uh, they have a song inspired by Silent Night, Deadly Night. Which is what we're going to go out on in this episode. We're going to end it with Mary Axmas. Which is actually the inspiration for the title of this episode. Um yeah, I, I absolutely love this album. If you've not listened to it, I highly recommend it. It is easily one of the best things I've heard in a long time. Um and yeah, that's uh, that's it for me. We're going to go with uh some Ice Nine Kills and uh thank you every everybody for being a part of this um 2019. Uh it's going <clears throat> it's going to be interesting to see what happens, you know. So Rock on everybody. Y'all are fucking amazing. Now go have yourself a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year or whatever fucking holiday you want to celebrate. Just don't kill any babies. Um let let the babies live. And kittens, do not kill kittens. Like that is not fucking cool shit. All right. I'm out. Thank you for tuning in and bye-bye. We're pushing in the poison. It's only at first it's so stained with red. He let out a laugh, but then we started drinking. Let's see, so vicious. Taught me the meaning of Christmas. Punish the wicked. And don't ask for Santa. Forget.